up for, for those of us who are tuning in or hearing this video later. I'm joined with Christy Kaler, my good friend and a leader in the sustainability space within the apparel industry. Um, so Christy, thanks so much for spending some time with us on this uh, morning. It's morning here in California and the day after a big inauguration. So thank you for making time for us. My pleasure. Great, great. Well, let's just dive in. I think um, we're going to have a, a fun time kind of talking about the things that you and I are both passionate about and a little a little bit about sort of the work that you're doing. Um, I know Christy Kaler, who is the CEO and founder of Four Days. Christy, I know you um, for a number of years now, and um, your background, I think, in this space is, is really interesting because you combine a lot of different lenses and angles from the fashion industry perspective. You you cut your teeth inside of Gap Inc. and you work building worked to build businesses inside Gap. And then you did a very interesting career shift and launched a luxury brand, really <laughs> focused on ethics and really building a sustainable and ethical supply chain for the luxury industry. That's how you and I first connected, which we'll talk a little bit about. And then in recent years, you have launched Four Days, a company based mm -hmm. on circular economy models for apparel. So um, I guess my lead-in question to you is, um, how, tell, tell me a little bit about Christy Kaler and this arc that you've had within, within your career and how, how you define that, that thread. Yeah, I think, you know, as you said, I've, I've been doing this for a while. And every time I say, wow, I've been in fashion for 15 years, I'm like, oh, how did that happen? No, I, and I, I, I have an engineering background, which is kind of an odd match for fashion. But for me, um, I also did an MBA and a design program. And I really love that the industry kind of plays in supply chain and linearity and technology, but has this like magical component to it, which is product and customer and the emotional connection to the things that we buy. And so uh, for me, I think of the, the very core, I've been entrepreneurial from the outset. As you mentioned, I got to launch and grow businesses for The Gap, have a tendency to question the status quo. And so when people are like, well, that's the way we do it, I'm like, but why shouldn't we maybe think about doing it differently? And I think that's been the theme throughout. And yeah. so in my wonderful experience at The Gap, I got to run cross-functional teams, really launch and grow some pretty exciting businesses, live in Japan for a year. And I got to spend a lot of time in our supply chain. And it was really at that point where you have that like classic experience where you like land in a major city, drive two hours outside of the city, come upon a fake city that's really there only to support production for like Gap. And Marks and Spencer, and it's a 24-hour factory, and you're just like, whoa, we're so disconnected to the way we make products and the decisions we're making on the business side, these elements aren't being considered. And so when you have a business where you're selling a tremendous amount of markdown and having all of these returns, the cost structure is compressed and it actually has a deep impact on people on the planet. And so for me, that was just a pivotal moment where I said, you know, I know how to make brand and I know how to make product and I think in systems like we actually have to improve the system. And so very fortunate to kind of move on into the more mission and impact oriented space, ran Product Red for Gap, which is really the first of its kind. Like the idea that, you know, customers could vote with their dollars or do something more important with their purchase was new. Um, and so we really had to kind of craft a narrative around that. Um, and for me, we initiated a sourcing strategy in Africa. It got me very interested in supply chain innovation and the impact that could have on people. Um, and that kind of segued into Mayette, which was that leap into luxury. But really for me, it was because fashion as a whole, particularly at that time, it's 2010. I mean, we're light years away from where we were there. But uh, people thought like anything uh, innovative, sustainable, um, just kind of doing something new was automatically going to be really ugly. 
And it was like, oh, that's cute. Are you a philanthropy? Like, are you going to sell in Whole Foods? And I was like, no, guys, we have to change that idea. And so that was the goal with Mayette, which was really that let's elevate what purpose and impact can quote unquote look like and do it with a really novel supply chain and work with artisans globally. And, you know, instead of selling at Whole Foods, we sold to Neiman's and Saks and Net and um, all those really fabulous brands. And I thought the business would be different when I went into that landscape. I just thought, you know, it it has to be more efficient than the mass market. It has to be more thoughtful. And we couldn't possibly have so many markdowns and returns. And it kind of was the same. And I was like, wow, guys, like the whole, like I've seen it from every perspective now, the whole thing feels really broken. Um, and it just inspired me to start asking the questions, why? Like, why do we make too many things? Why do so much, so many textiles end up in landfill? And the answer was kind of the business model. It was really like the business model is predicated on selling all of us more and more and more and more stuff. So um, that's kind of what really led me to four days. And I was actually thinking about it. I was like, it's actually your fault, Lewis, that I'm doing four days. <laughs> like you. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. because I got this wonderful experience with fashion positive on the cradle to cradle initiative. And I learned about the circular economy. And it was at that moment that I was like, Oh wait, (laughs) there's a new way. We don't have to do it this way. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if I can, if I can brag on you, I mean, I was thinking in preparation for our talk about like, when did I officially really first meet you? Was it in New York in the, in the Myatt studio? Or was it in Italy that day when you, we all flew in and we met with the supplier? And but but what I from there it was just like the fast friendship that built and built. And you know, as I was looking over, like we've intersected in so many committees from Ellen MacArthur Foundation. You mentioned Fashion Positive, Ellen yeah. MacArthur Foundation being focused on building the circular economy. I mean, we you and I have a lot of the same influences and could yes, just spend, spend so much time kind of talking through how we see all this. But one of the things about you, if I can brag on you for a minute, is you're so inquisitive and you're so open. And from that first day when we were meeting with the supplier in Italy and talking through bringing the cradle to cradle methodology and thinking about chemistry and circularity and retooling in an industry that has a lot of pride and particularly in luxury in Italy on, but wait, we've been doing this. Like, what do you mean there's things to change? There's nothing to change. Like we're, we're very, you know, there's a lot of confidence and there's a lot of, and I, I just loved the way you built that you built that openness into that whole project. And and I saw you kind of then take that inquisitive openness over to another uh, endeavor with four days too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, tell us about, tell us about four days. Okay. It's my fault. That's great. I, I'll accept yeah, that. Tell me about you. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it was actually it's supplemented by another squad we were on together when we were doing the, the global future council on consumerism. And as I, as I just, became more familiar with the statistics around kind of landfill waste, energy consumption, water consumption in the fashion industry, and really, really honed in on the fact that we have a linear business model that's predicated on selling us more and more stuff. Different people brand it different ways. I always simplify by saying it's produce, purchase, glute, and that's the customer experience. It's like, make us stuff, sell us stuff, and we throw it out. And I was like, well, that can't go on for forever. So so we have to actually create something more circular. And I think that um, specifically when we were doing the World Economic Forum kind of work, what I realized is all these huge multinational companies were like, yeah, sustainability has to be central to strategy. It can no longer be a cost center. And then no one had solutions. And everybody's like, 
now what do we do? And, you know, I looked at our own industry and I thought also coupled with the fact that customers relationship to ownership has actually changed very dramatically in the last five years. We don't know. We no longer need to own things for forever. Yeah. It's so key, right? Because it's like, and in this case, it's actually owning it for forever is a giant burden. And, you know, you see it obviously in like digitized products, like highly durable goods we can share and rent and do whatever. But in fashion, you know, you have a small sliver that's rentable, slightly larger sliver that's resellable. But then this giant swath of product that really doesn't have a solution. It's a $1.5 trillion industry. I was like, well, what are we going to do about that stuff. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are working on supply chain side and materials innovation, but really the mechanism to get it back and to relate, give customers a way to relate to their products differently. Like I had my own experience where I was moving from Manhattan to Brooklyn and I purged everything and being a very mindful consumer, I sold to the real real and Buffalo exchange and had like my tiny pile of like actually viable donations. And I was still left with this giant pile of crap. And it was pit stained t-shirts and single socks and stretched out pajamas. Like, why do I own this stuff? There's no residual value. It piles up in my house. And what are we going to do with it? And so that was really kind of the defining moment where I was like, you know, if we could create a system that was regenerative, that truly engaged customers in a different behavior or one around circularity, but one that made it easy, incentivized the right behavior, um, built around a supply chain that could reabsorb and designed for kind of circularity, it'd be really an exciting move in the right direction. So yeah, it didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so out to build it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think what there's some two thoughts that I have. One one is, and by the way, I'm wearing my for days shirt. So it's so just for those listening, it's a subscription model. Like the 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 apparel that you're talking about, we've, it's almost like commodity apparel, right? It's like yeah. socks, t-shirts, underwear, you know, there are things that just where you're not going to resell it, but it has value because it's materials that need to be recollected okay. instead at a landfill. And there's no system in place that's at a large scale to really kind of create that material flow for that, which we might not, I might not put a whole personal story on it. Now this I do because it's four days. So I have a personal story related to it, yeah. but a yeah. lot of basic V-neck, t-shirts or whatever that I have, they're just, you know, and when they get older, stretched out or they get a little yeah. yellow or whatever, you know, it's like, eh, what do you do with them now? And because those of us that are so rooted in sustainability, like hold on to things way too long, we can also feel like, don't feel guilty, put it back in the envelope, give it back to for days. And they're going to make sure these fibers end up back into another product. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think what's interesting too, about the model we've built, which we've really kind of encapsulated in this idea of the swap. So swap out your old clothes for new clothes. We've given a financial incentive to do that. So it's actually not a subscription in the sense that you have to subscribe mm. to a payment. The customer's right. in, yeah. customers in the driver's yeah. seat. But that was a really critical learning because when we launched, we actually thought we were going to be a subscription. And we said, oh, isn't that what everybody wants? And what we found is customers came back to us and said, no, we don't, we don't want that because subscription inspires me to overuse the system. And you are the most zero waste sustainable company we've ever come across. That's a violation 